Hello everyone and welcome to the Motor City Hoops podcast, an entertaining fresh take on the three-time NBA champs, the Detroit Pistons. Hey Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Motor City Hoops. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads podcast network, including Cavalier Central, Nuck If You Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Blazing the Path, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, and At The Buzzer, plus our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and The Green Light. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, Hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S-E. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. Welcome back to Motor City Hoop Show, your home of everything Detroit Pistons. Today we'll analyze the Pistons' last four games where they went 2-2. Two two. Then we'll head into our 3-1-3 All Things Pistons segment and we'll talk about the Derrick Rose trade, Blake Griffin possible trade scenarios, and are the Pistons perfect in tanking? After which we'll head around the NBA and discuss three hot topics around the league and talk Nets, Warriors, and the battle for Rookie of the Year. Well, first, let's go back to the first game of the week, the Lakers. You know, a 135-129 double overtime loss. And uh, we forced 23 turnovers, Bryce. What was your th- what was your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I mean, this was a game where I think, you know, after the recording last episode, we didn't think we had a really good chance. You know, AD was going to play. We kind of surprised the Lakers the first game, obviously, with a win there whenever he wasn't playing. And I don't know that a lot of people gave us a chance. And this game, this was a really, really exciting game. It went into double overtime. We had our chances to win. It didn't look good early, um, but then we just caught fire um, in the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter, Josh Jackson hit some threes. He got the game time bucket. Really liked Saban Lee in this game. And again, we had our chances, especially at the end of the first overtime. Um, and then finally, at the start of the second overtime, it looked like LeBron and AD said, "Okay, this is enough. Like, we're, <laughs> we're, we're, you know, we, we've been playing around long enough. We gave you your chances. Now, now we're going to take this game over." But, and I know we'll talk about this more, more later, but it was exciting to watch us, um, be so competitive in this game with no Derrick Rose, no Blake Griffin, and no Wayne Ellington in this game. We actually started Sekou, um, and Sadiq Bey. Well, like I said, we forced them to 23 turnovers, and that's huge for us. It's what we want, right? We want defense, we want effort. It's kind of what we hang our hats on right now since we don't have 
you know, much else to hope for. You know, we're raising young kids, trying to for them to get minutes and be better players. Jeremy to step up in this like all star type role. You know, Josh is having a heck of a season for us. So, you know, the stuff we can expect is, you know, them to play hard and give it all they got. And they've been in a lot of games this year, and we'll touch on this later on in the show, you know, when, when we talk about how he kind of perfected tanking. But, you know, even Frank Vogel said, you know, give them credit. They kept playing hard, and they got hot from behind the arc. Yep. And it's kind of been a trademark of this team. You know, they go down, you know, even this game, they went down multiple times but double digits and they kept coming back. They kept coming back. And Josh was phenomenal. You know, 25, 26, no, 25 points the second half. And, yeah, I mean, second overtime, even LeBron said, he's like, all right, that's been enough. You know, it's like I had to go through my one. He had like eight points second overtime. And he was like, okay, this is it. Uh, I'm done with this game. And uh, that's, yep. you know. That's why they get paid the big bucks, right? So yes. guys like LeBron, AD, you know, they make the difference. But for me, yeah, there was I, a lot of hope because, like you said, we talked last 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 week on the show, and it's like, oh man, that's payback. You know, it's gonna get ugly, and it wasn't. I, I, no, it wasn't. I, I thought we played really well. If there's one thing about this team, and whether it's Dwayne Casey or maybe it's Isaiah Stewart, maybe it's Jeremy. I don't know. Whoever, I don't know who gets credit for it. They don't back down from anybody, Vlad. Like, th- this team is not scared. They're not going to be intimidated. I'm not saying they're not going to get blown out sometimes. I'm not saying they're the most talented team, but they're not going to be intimidated when they step on the floor, whether it's LeBron, Giannis, or anybody else. Absolutely. And they haven't got blown out, Bryce. I mean... Yeah, we've for the most part, they, they've kept it respectable. Yes, yes. Exactly. We've been in a lot of games. And, I mean, if you, you know, we have 13 losses by 10 points or fewer. Like, and this is talking about a team that, you know, was not sure what Jeremy Grant's going to look like at the beginning of the season. We don't really have a healthy Blake Griffin. And, uh, you know, our star point guard went down early. And we don't sure. get to play yeah. our priced draft pick. But then, you know, we have guys like Sadiq Ben Stewart that just stepping up and filling up the void. So I'm, I'm really happy with uh, what Coach Casey and Troy Weaver have done. And I know last episode we kind of went in on Casey and, uh, you know, we just kind of try to pick a fight <laughs> if there was one. To, but guys, they, they love to play for him. It's clear. Yes. Guys really love to play for him. You know, they don't. And he does a great job turning the page, you know, every single night. Because it's not hard to be on a team like this and come to play every single night. And, you know, you go and you lose in L.A. And then you come back and you have the Nets. And you get a 122 to 111 win. Okay, yeah, no this, KD. This was a good one. <laughs> I get it. You know, but we were up 20 in the second quarter. And yep. Jeremy Grant at 32, you know, back-to-back yeah, 32. Big and, yes. Ba- yeah, and Dwayne Casey, said, Dwayne Casey said, I like our foundation. I like the pieces we have. And I think that resonates with every single Pistons fan. I mean, we come back and we beat the Nets. We, like, you know, we beat so many good teams. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that it's, I, it's really unbelievable, honestly, right? I know, we're, I know we're, we're, we really are, we're, we're kind of towing the line to get into this now. And I know we're trying to save it, but that, one thing that I took away, the Nets are really bad defensively. And I know, again, this is another thing we'll touch on later around the NBA. Um, we got off to a great start in this game. They had, whether they purposely did it or switches or whatever, they ended up with James Harden on Blake Griffin a lot early in this game. And Griffin actually looked good in the post, obviously, against him. Grant had 15 in the first quarter, like you said, to go back-to-back 30-point games. Um, and, and I think, you know who we haven't given a lot of credit to because he's not in our long-term future. So I think we just 
over go past what he does is DeLon Wright. I feel like DeLon Wright has had some really big games for us. He played really well in this game. And, you know, he doesn't always score 20, but he's had some 20-point games. He rebounds. He gets assists. And your guy, Mason Plumley. you know, he had a really good yes, stat line I was waiting for you to say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I have it in my notes. I got to give him his credit because – because he only had two turnovers. So he, he got his points, he got his rebounds, his assists, all that stuff, but he only had two turnovers. So we had that nice mixture of vets doing their thing and then the young guys, like you say, Grant had 30, Bay, you know, maybe showing the signs of what was going to happen this week, had 15 points and shot perfect fourth, from the field. Oh, my God. In the fourth, yeah. Bryce. 15 to fourth for a rookie. I mean, I'll take that. And uh, I want to touch on that on, on Sadiq Bay, and I don't know if it's now is the time or, you know, about five minutes from now when we talk about the Boston game. But really think about it. Where he got drafted, he could have been <laughs> a great asset. I mean, he would have dropped five, six more spots. He would have been on a contender. Yeah, This is a rookie yep. that's like he's ready to come in and just he plays like a vet. And he's been very impressive. And, then, you know, other yep. than maybe three, four games all year long – and even those, I feel like he didn't take enough shots to be like, okay, he had a bad game. He either played 10 minutes. He yes, either, you know, it was one yep. of those situations. And we can talk about Stewart hitting a three through this game against the Nets <laughs> Club, Bryce. Yes, that, that, <laughs> I mean, that that had Pistons Twitter blowing up, man. And, and I'll be honest, I, I didn't get to watch this game live. So, of course, you know, we play great. We score the ball well. And Stewart bangs his first three as, of his career, and I didn't get to see it live. Um, so I, I was pretty disappointed in that, but you know, that's just, you know, the, the, these guys, like you say, our numbers, the guy we drafted number seven overall is out for, you know, a couple months, but there's all these other guys that are so excited or they're, 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 it's easy to be so excited about them. They just, they just keep giving us little bits. Stewart just keeps adding to his game with his ability to switch out on guys. And I have this in my notes for the Celtics game as well, but to switch out on guards and flip his hips and move his feet, it, He's he's more than advertised. He, I had high expectations for him, Vlad, and he's exceeded the expectations I had for him. Honestly, <laughs> a lot of people said he got drafted way too high, and yeah. that's another credit. Give 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 a lot of credit to Weaver. You know, he Absolutely. pulled the trigger on some guys, and you know, when, when guys were okay, why are we trading Lucnard? Like he's playing so well, and then you know, yeah. Sadiq Bay comes in, and it's like okay. That makes a lot of sense, you know. And I think Luke Nard scored 25-plus one time in 125 games for the Pistons. Yeah. Sadiq, Sadiq Bey did it in the first half of his rookie year. 24, <laughs> I think first, it said, yeah. 24, yeah. So, it's to me, Troy Weaver deserves a lot of credit. You know, all these flyers he took. Josh Jackson. Josh Jackson, I think, last uh, last 10 games, average, what, 17 a game, 18 yeah, a game, he's, he's back after he, his injury. Yeah, I think, I think if you take away a few of the games, you know, three to five games right after his injury, if you take those games out and then look at what he's done post injury, he looks closer to what he looked pre injury. I would only say the thing I would say is pre injury, he was shooting the ball extremely well and that may have not been sustainable anyway. But man, the guy defends and he gets to the rim. He might be our best guy getting to the basket. Um, you know, you have to live with a couple knucklehead shots and turnovers. But for the most part, like, again, as a second unit wing, that guy is, I hope he's a long-term piece in what we're building here. <laughs> I hope so too. You know, he's a Detroit kid and coming home with yep. the flyer on him and he's playing But we great. gave him the chance. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And even this two-year two guarantee right now just seems like a, 
it's one of the few deals that Weaver made. I was like, oh, I wish he would have signed him for like longer term, you know, because he's going to come back asking Absolutely. for a lot of money two years from now. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> but we'll see when we get there, you know. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Yes. And let's talk about a third game of the week, Bryce. You know, I lost the Pacers, 111-95. You know, he, the Stewart's first start, 17 points, 7 rebounds. <sighs> you know, Jeremy went cold this game, 4 for 17. And yeah, probably his worst performance. Yeah, and this is a few games we kind of just, you know, we got hit in the face and, like, we kind of just didn't respond. You know, we got yeah, hit first sure. and we didn't respond. It was, you know, even Casey said, he said, you know, we're getting bumped and hit and we just didn't respond the proper way. And sure. that, he's right, you know. We, we, this was a few times. And also, I got to give credit to Sabonis. Sabonis came in and he kind of smelled blood. And he's one of the few big men that, you know, he can give you – assists, rebounds, points. And he, you know, he had 26 points, eight rebounds, eight assists. I don't know if it's related to Stewart or that he just felt like he's just really the best player on the floor and kind of felt like it this, this time around. He's a good and, player. Uh, absolutely. And he has, you know, he has a lot of leeway nowadays in, in, in the Pacers offense compared to the last few years. He's making a lot of plays. He kind of looks like his dad a lot right now, honestly. You know, uh, passing the ball. I'm not sure a lot of, a lot of, People remember remember Arvita Sabonis, and he came one to of the best ever, right? He was he was still he came to the league very late, and everybody's like, oh, you know, this guy's old. He, he does that, no knees, and he was still <laughs> killing. You know, he's still passing yes. the ball. Yep. And now I think his son is kind of stepping up there, and he's becoming that guy. And he showed this game honestly. You know, the twenty six eight and eight, very complete game. You know, Malcolm Brogdon. So it, they just look like a very good team, very sharp team, very aggressive team yep. defensively. And maybe that's why you know Jeremy had a bad game. And um, you know, you look at Delon Wright, probably one of his worst games as a starter. You know, he has six yes. points, five rebounds, three assists. You know, give them credit. You know, Ellington had only seven points. Other than you know Josh Jackson, who had eighteen. Really, everybody else seemed to struggle. Yeah, and uh, I give I give the pace a lot of credit for this game. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think my one takeaway, and and I think this is where early in the season, Casey took a lot of heat for this, and I think this is a, this is where I I think I don't want to say he can get better. I don't like who am I to say that a coach needs an NBA coach needs to improve, but we were down fifteen with six minutes to go. And he put the lawn right back in for Dennis Smith Jr. And I'm just like, so this was Dennis Smith Jr.'s first game um, with the team. So maybe he wanted to limit his minutes. He hadn't, I mean, uh, admittedly, he hadn't played well. But I'm like, what, what's wrong with de- giving Dennis Smith Jr. those last six minutes to continue to acclimate? Maybe he can get a bucket he hadn't scored and just to see how he looked. And uh, this, there's some of those decisions that kind of still, it's nitpicky, but bother me sometimes. Then the other thing I took away from this game vlog was we can all of a sudden, especially compared to last year, we can put an extremely athletic team on the floor when we want to. Mm -hmm. You talk about Dennis Smith Jr., Josh Jackson, Jeremy Grant, Isaiah Stewart. Like all of a sudden you can put a very like energetic, explosive, you know, you know, team that can block shots, get to the rim, dunk on people. And that's kind of exciting. I'm not saying we should go to it all the time or or whatever, but it, it's exciting to see that level of athleticism that we can put on the floor. Yeah, and we talked about that in uh, our special episode. You know, the, the people that didn't hear it, make sure you go check it out. You know, we, t- we had a special episode about Derrick Rose trade, and we talked about Dennis Smith Jr. being a good point guard for that second second uh, second unit because he's yes. very athletic. He's young. He can give him pace. Some that Derrick Rose maybe was 
lacking at this stage in his career where he was more of a scorer. I don't want to say ball hog, uh, but you know, he had the ball in his hand a lot in that second unit, whereas I can see Dennis Smith Jr. being one of those guys just like pushes the ball, you know, shares the ball with everybody, and they have a whole different pace. That And, you know, you, you can plug in, you know, a Grant there, like you said, and play very athletic and, you know, very different, uh, very different basketball. And, and you would Bryce assume Lask- you could get it. I, I was just going to say, just real, you would assume that a, a team ath- as athletic as that group could get after teams defensively, you know, and, and force some turnovers, pick up the pace of the game if we wanted to. So that's, that's another benefit of having those type of athletes on the floor. Absolutely. And they said, I think, at the beginning of the season, if I remember correctly, Weaver said, you know, he wants those guys like 6'5", and up that can switch, that can all switch. guard yes. multiple positions. Yes. And we're heading that way slowly but surely. We're, we're building yes. that type of team, I think. And that's why when we talked about the draft, we were excited about Cade Cunningham. Yes. You know, that's yes. why <laughs> it was like, oh, man, can I get a 6 point fit. guard? Oh. Perfect <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, just think about that team with you know, a 6-6 six, six, six point guard, 6-8 Cade Cunningham. Sadiq Bass, six eight, yeah, Jeremy Josh Grant, Jackson. Yeah, I mean, oh my God, Josh Jackson. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, that's... And, and if and it, okay, so this goes back to the Stewart point of being able to switch out into guards, and then if we have a five man that can switch out onto guards, you literally could go switch everything across the board. Doesn't matter, you know, because some teams will switch one, two, and three, you know, and then four and five will switch together or whatever. Um, but we could literally switch one through five with with certain lineups, which is you know a huge advantage whenever you're playing teams that love to run the pick and roll and and so it, it it's just exciting to see this foundation come together and this vision come together, man. So yeah, just come together so fast to it, and again <laughs> faster than we thought. I'm one of the biggest fans of, of Troy Weavers. He's done a fabulous job. And just watching the Nets the other day, I was I was like, oh my god, like we can play Grant to the five to at some point, you know? Like okay, we have Stewart who's great at this. But when I saw the Nets starting KD at the five, yeah, I was like, oh wait a minute, like you know, <laughs> we can have all these guys, you know, Seku, uh, Bay, Grant, we we can have all of them on the floor if we just get a little bit creative offensively, okay? Because they're not as talented as you know KD to move. You can play KD at the point guard, shooting guard, anywhere you want on the floor. KD's KD, you know. So yeah. <laughs> it's you know same thing with James Harden. We'll get into the Nets at that point. But we do have that option, and defensively, it does a lot of damage. You know, kind of the Warriors start that small ball stuff with Draymond at the five. Yes, And it's it's been golden for them, and a lot of teams are trying to do somewhat something similar, you know? Yes. It was very interesting right there. And now let's go to the Bay game. The (laughs) 108-102 win against Boston. I mean, Sadiq Bay, 7-7 from three, 30 points, 12 rebounds. What a game. Unexpected. What a oh, game. my gosh. Inside, guy. outside, too. Okay. He made it some he, – he shot the ball well, but he had some nice, you know, cuts. He, he, and yep. he caught like, a okay, body. He finished at the rim. Yeah, he caught the – yeah. He, yeah. he finished at the rim, and I was like, oh, wait a yeah. minute. <laughs> his post-game vlog is already a little sneaky. Like, it, it, you just see – again, I keep using this word, but you see the foundation, I think, for a very good post-game from Sadiq Bay. You know, you see a rookie who catches the ball to the three-point line and then is able to work his way down into the block and shot fake, fade away, step through, whatever it is. And that's really exciting to see a rookie with that kind of, kind of patience and, and post-game like that. Can I say I told you so or no? You get every no, you Nova can. guy. Every Nova guy that comes out, they're ready, Bryce. <laughs> they're, they're, These guys are sharp. 
They, 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 they can we get Jay Wright on the show? Well, can we get like? Did you have some? Just do you have a Jay Wright connection? We can we can utilize to get him on the show and and talk about all these guys he's putting <laughs> in the league and, and why I they're know, so right? NBA ready. Because you're right. You're you're absolutely right. Um, you know, not not that any of them are necessarily superstars right now, but those guys come in and they contribute in the league and they have great careers and they're very efficient. That's why I noticed about Sadiq exactly. Bay and yes. I was I was watching yes. him a little bit some highlights after this Boston game I was like let me watch him a little bit in college again and he's very efficient with his dribble you know you won't see him pull up you know the, the, the seven dribbles to make a move you know he'll sure. take two three dribbles get to his spots you know and he's he, he plays very clean if you want to say it that way you know he has the shot he'll take it if not you know he'll make the extra pass or he'll take the one two dribble drives and he, he he's very very good at what he does and he's very confident and what he does because he knows his strengths very well. Yes. And, um, you know, going back to talking about this Boston game, DeLon Wright, and you said it a little bit before me, but, you know, 22 points, 7 assists, 6 rebounds. He's been playing very well for us at the point guard, honestly. Yes. um, You know, I can see why Casey wanted him on the team. I can see why Casey, at the beginning of the season, he said, you know, I've been wanting to work with him for quite a few years. He's a little bit like a Swiss knife brace. He's, yes. you know, he, he can play the one and the two. He does multiple things. He defends very well. You know, he's he's physical. And uh, again, this was a game that we won on physicality, if, if, if you ask me, you know. And Jalen <laughs> Brown said after the game, you know, he was like, you know, Detroit yes. is a very physical team. Not sure how many times I hit the floor, but as, I, I might as well brought a mop. So I was yeah, like, hey, this is what so, I want to hear. <laughs> you know, go ahead. So I, I, I have the quote. I saw it on Twitter just a few hours ago, actually. I was like, man, this was fate. Like, I just saw this on Twitter. He said, I don't know how many times I hit the floor today, but I felt like I might as well have brought a mop to mop the floor. <laughs> Detroit was a physical team, but I think at this point it's just getting ridiculous. And then he talks about how he didn't want to say too much because he'd get fined. But That's I got fine. hit in the face a lot, pretty hard too. And my initial reaction was like, good. Man, you you know whenever you're going to come play the Detroit Pistons. So that, those are the quotes I love to see. Like, good, I hope that's what other teams think. And maybe that's why we knock some of these contenders off, that, that they think they can just come in and, and roll over us. And we're, again, we ain't going to back down. Like, we're going to come at you and we're going to hit you in the face, you know, and, and we're going to knock you down. We're not just going to let you dunk on us and do whatever you want. So I loved it. I love that, that, that that's our mentality and other teams are seeing it. Well, I love it because it's also what it was said at the beginning of the season, right? Yes. What to expect yes. from the season was not to expect the wins. And we're yep. trying to build a foundation. How you build a foundation, defense, aggressivity, you know, get up and run, play the young guys. And we're doing all this all this stuff we're doing. So, to me, that's what this management and this staff is about. You know, they kind of promised this type of team, and we're getting this type of team. So, that's why I think yep. a lot of Pistons fans are excited. You know, because we didn't get yes. sold on, ah, maybe we'll make the eighth seed. Maybe we'll be a decent team. Say, hey, no, we're just going to rebuild right now, but we're going to be aggressive. We're going to try to win games while rebuilding. They and gave us a vision way. and they've stuck to it. Exactly. So I'm all I'm all about it. And, you know, this yes. is a good transition. The 3 all things, Pistons. And let's touch a little bit on the, on the Derrick Rose trade, Bryce. Yeah. I know yeah. we spoke of... Again, I'll repeat myself, but um, we spoke of this uh, a few days ago, and we have a special episode that you guys can find. Go check that online. out. Yeah, go check that out. We got um, into it for about 20 but, minutes. Absolutely. But to us, Bryce, we decided that it was it was a good trade. I think it was time to pull the yeah. trigger for, for D. Rose, for him. 
um, you know, it, we need to get him out of here because he deserved to be on a better team at this yep. point in his career. He's on an expiring contract, and we couldn't get much out of him anymore. I think the mentorship part kind of, you know, went out the window once Killian Hayes got injured because we kind of hammered that at the beginning of the season. Oh, yep. Derrick Rose can be a mentor, but if he's not playing, then it, that doesn't different. help us either. Yeah. Absolutely. And I know you mentioned about Derrick Rose taking quite a few shots on the second yeah. team, whereas, you know, we can have younger guys take shots. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I think it just, I think it was time. Um, I know you had mentioned, and, and again, guys, if you, if you haven't checked out that episode, please go check that out. We, we really get into it in detail. But you mentioned, um, you thought maybe we should wait a little bit, a little closer to the trade deadline. Maybe we could have got more or something. Um, but I, I'm happy with the return. I think, you know, we're taking that flyer on Dennis Smith Jr. Don't jump on this too much, Pistons fans. He's played two games. He had barely played this year. Like, it's going to take him a little time. He did have five assists in the Boston game. So, it'll be interesting to see as he continues to work himself into it. And you know what? If he doesn't pan out, then his contract comes off the books and we still get, you know, the Hornets second round pick. So, it's not, you know, in that scenario, maybe you don't like to trade quite as much. But we were going to lose Derrick Rose at the end of the year anyway. So um, I like this, and I'm excited to see what Dennis Smith Jr. will look the rest of the way. And I just, I'm glad we did right by Derrick Rose. You know, my theory is, or my thought is, I feel like he wanted to go play for Tibbs in New York, and I think we granted him that, and I think that'll grant us favor. And if nothing else, some good karma as we continue to do this rebuild. Yeah, that's kind of what he told me when I was on that weight a little bit because I know the Clippers were interested. So maybe we could have got yeah. a little more for him, but it wasn't really worth it, you know, to get a little more for him and not do yep. right by Derrick Rose for what he's done for us. And um, just for his entire career, I feel like it. And he deserved now, to right. go where he wanted to go, you know, yeah. whether, you know, and he wanted to be a contender or with a contender. So. Absolutely. And now, Bryce, how good are we at this tanking thing? Because, <laughs> man, this is, this is fun to watch. It. It, it, is there a more – it's so funny. It's so – that's what everybody says. Like, I love it. I love being on Twitter and, and interacting with Pistons fans because everybody's so excited. And, like, I don't think anybody even knows what our record is. Like, nobody knows. Like, I don't know what our exact record is, to be honest with you. Seven and what? I, I, I honestly don't know because I just – I enjoy watching the games. You know, like I just enjoy. We're we're seven we're and in nineteen. The games. Seven and yeah, nineteen, and, right? <laughs> yeah. And I don't even care. I don't feel like a seven and nineteen team because we have these young guys that are exciting. Bay drops thirty. Stewart hits a three. Josh Jackson's going off. Grant has back to back thirty games. We're all trying to get him in the All Star game, and we beat the Heat, the Lakers, the Sixers, the Nets, and the Celtics. So, like, I mean, those are you know preseason picks. Those are like the five of the top probably eight, ten teams in the league. So, and, and, and we can get into the, you know, the Heat didn't have these guys. The Lakers didn't have AD. Like, that, that's all fine. Whatever. I, I just love watching this team. It's exciting. Our, our, our We have the highest strength of victory. So, our win, when you just factor in wins and who they came against in the NBA. So, our seven wins. It's not like we're beating the Wizards or the Timberwolves and it's not that exciting. So I think it's exactly – it's perfect. It, you said it right. We are perfecting the tank. <laughs> I mean, we can't beat anybody bad, Bryce. That's, that's <laughs> we can't. <laughs> For some reason, we just can't. So, you know, our three wins against the top four seasons of the East. You know, you'd be the NBA champions and you'd be the top four team in the West. Unbelievable. 
And let's not forget, we had toughest schedule up to this point. Yes. So this yes. team might turn around and not be as bad as you think they are as far as their record sure. in the second part of the season when this schedule might be might be easier for them. But again, do do you really want that? You know, it's like watch them win games, you know, late in the season. I was like, oh, what's going on? <laughs> that that's but, that's when it's gonna get real interesting is late in the year when it's like we're really vying, you know, vying for where we're gonna end up in the in the lottery and people are really gonna be begging for them not to win games. Um but as long as we stay in the bottom three, pretty much the bottom three, you have the same you do have the same chances for the number one pick, number two pick, number three pick. So it's you could drop further, but it's actually not that bad if we don't end up with that absolute worst record. Yeah, to, to me as a Pistons fan, Bryce, this is probably the most exciting and most fun Pistons team to watch in the last 10 years. To yeah. me, the the Van Gundy years were horrible, <laughs> yeah, regardless of the, of the of the playoff appearances. And the team finally has a direction, and it's a yeah. very clear direction. That we've remade. Would you love? Yes. And yes. it seems that it has a GM that knows what he's doing. And Whatever he well, says, right? it happens. Yeah. And just, you know, DeLar Wright, Jeremy Grant signings, Plumley, they all panned out. Josh Jackson, you know, they all panned yep. out. They all look like great signings right now that probably half of the GMs the league's like, oh, why didn't I make that one? You know, so, how many so teams the- wish they had Jeremy Grant at this, you know, at the 20 mil cap? <laughs> How many wish they had, like you said, would have drafted Isaiah Stewart or Sadiq Bay? You know, how many how many teams could be using that? You know, the one knock on him right now is the Bruce Brown trade to the Nets. And oh, I'm he's like, playing well too. He's playing. He very is well. playing well. And, and, and so, I guess my, my always thought, my response to people like that is, don't overreact to one mistake. Every great organization made one mistake here or there along the way. So continue to see the big picture and you have to hit on things more often than you don't. And there are obviously some decisions that are more important than others. This 2021 draft pick is going to be a huge, huge decision that we have to get right. But don't sweat too much if we miss one out of every five. Every organization does that. Absolutely. And now I think we would miss on one if we don't trade Blake Griffin. I'm here for the talk. <laughs> I know a lot of people don't want to put a first rounder next to him. We're not going to get rid of him. We're, we started with this, the season with the idea of maybe we can get something in return. At this point, we just want him off the books. And yes. uh, my thoughts are if we're going to trade him and give up a pick, maybe three, four years down the road, five years when we're supposed to be good, I really don't mind. Because it puts us around 40 to 50 million under cap next summer. Whereas right now we're going to be operating over the cap limit. So I put it just, you know, I don't know where we can trade him. I know Bryce, you're going to get into this, but I'll tell you the free agents that we would have a chance to make a run at. That's Victor Oladipo, DeMar DeRozan, Mike Conley, Andre Drummond. I doubt it. Steven Adams, Kyle Lowry, Jared Allen. And Devontae Graham would just be a few of them. And Bryce, we said it. I mean, with DeMar DeRozan would, good, would be good in the system. He played for Casey. Yeah. Right? He played for Casey in Toronto. He has a great relationship with Casey. So, you get that shooting guard that you're talking about. You got Josh Jackson off the bench. I mean, your starting five would look great right off the yeah. bat. Or you bring a Steven Adams in, which, guess what? It brings you rebounding, what they talked about. You know, it, it brings you toughness. Him and Isaiah Stewart, pair them up together. At the five? Oh, my God. That's 
you can't get any any better protection for your guards, better screening, all of this. Or you get Jared Allen at a shot blocker. But in order to have a chance to get these guys, I'm not saying you got to get them off the books. We can. Weaver can pull up, you know, just and get some of these guys. But he has he needs a chance, and in in order to get a chance, we have to get rid of Blake Griffin. Yes, and and that's. I, you know, I think there's going to be differing opinions on this. And I think some people aren't going to like it. Like, no, you're not going to attach a pick or what I told you. I would attach both second round picks we have this year to Blake Griffin to get him out of town. I would, I would. And as much as I trust Troy Weaver's um, ability to draft players, if that is what it took to get him out of town, we'll probably take an expiring contract in return. Maybe if we could get some sort of young guy, um, you know, in the in the Dennis Smith Jr. mold. Um, with that, I would do that because of what you just outlined. That money, um, whether it's used now, maybe you just wait until the next free agent. You know, if 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 that's too quick, if none of those guys fit the the process and the the time frame, then maybe you just keep that cap money and wait till the next year. Or maybe you sign two of those guys if we get the number one pick. But I mean, to me, you have this core of Hayes, Grant, Bay, Stewart, Jackson, um, and some of these other guys. But those, to me, those are the main ones. And then you add a free agent and a draft pick to those. I just really like that. And then those guys can all flourish together. So the report going around is Miami. So to Miami, you could send Griffin, Svee, and the two second rounders and get some sort of, it's probably not Olenek, but Olenek makes the money work. But Olenek on an expiring, Igadala and Precious Achua. Like, to me, I take that deal. I, I, I take that in a heartbeat if that's something realistic that could happen. Yeah, I know about Precious being this deal, but to get Blake Griffin to Miami, I think, would be one of the few teams that makes sense. Yes. Why? Because he's shooting the ball well from, from, from the three-point line. They have a ton of shooters. You know, they have Jimmy Butler there. Um, you know, they have Bam who can play inside, outside. So it, it gives him a different dynamic. Uh, the only thing is the money, you know, for next year. I think he's on yeah. part to make the same type of money as Jimmy Butler. So I yeah. don't know. I Honestly, I don't know Miami's uh, cap space well, right now for next they, year. They, that's and how why they, would... they have to they have to attach Iguodala, Olenek, or Myers Leonard just for cap purposes. So those yeah. are the kind of guys, and that's why I said Olenek is a little bit more in the rotation, and that's why I think it would probably be like a combination of Iguodala, Myers, Leonard, and then whatever else they had to do to make the money work. Um, but you know, and Iguodala is on a two-year. I think oh, uh, Myers Leonard's is expiring, but um, Iguodala is on a two-year, so we'd have him around for an extra year. But again, that's kind of a veteran presence that could come in and lead your second team if you needed him to, or help out with the second team, not lead. So yeah, it's a guy that brings defense. You know, it's it's a guy that brings toughness to the team, leadership. So I'm okay with that as long as it doesn't come with a 38 million price tag. You know? Exactly. I think exactly. there's a price to pay on leadership. There is a price to pay on mentorship. Uh, I think the, these are all things that ha- successful teams have had in the past, but I just hated to pay $38 million for that. And no knock on Blake. He's given it all he had. Physically, he's where he's at right now. And it doesn't work for us. And why not? If we can give him a shot at something, you know, we, we can also get, you know, he goes to Miami maybe to have a shot at something again, you know, uh, by adding him the rotation. So it will be interesting, but I would add some draft picks to our, I wouldn't mind it. Even a first rounder down down the line, you know, a few years down the road when we're supposed to be good, I think it's worth the risk. 
given given what Weaver has done? I think a lot of people that are proponents of this are or opponents of this is they don't want. I, th- I don't think they think the rebuild is going to happen as fast as maybe what me, you and I think it's going to happen. I think you and I think the two of us think we can be in the playoffs next year and really competing two years from now. And you can correct me if, if, if I'm wrong on that, uh, if you're not on that timeline. I think a lot of other people think we're a lot further off. But I think you make a move like this and you hit on a draft pick and you hit on that free agent. Again, you have a really, really good group of players that – I think you have eight or you have you have a really solid eight or nine guys. I think you can go get in the playoffs next year. I don't know that you're a top four team, but you can go you know get to the five or six range, maybe have a first round upset, and then build on that into the next year. Just look at the Knicks and the Cavs right now. And yeah, exactly. You're right, Bryce. But if if you think you're five years down the road, I don't see that happening. Why? Because you're lo- you're going to lose Jeremy Grant, maybe, or he's going to be your max player, and all these guys are going to be off their rookie salary. So can you keep all of them? No. I think I can see this team definitely by by Jeremy Grant's last year. You know, so he has two more years after this one that they would be a playoff team in the top six of the of the Eastern Conference. I think that's how this team was built. When you look at the length of these contracts, you know. Because otherwise, if you're looking five years down the road and like you're still rebuilding three years from now, well, you're in trouble. I think that, you're going to lose so, all, all your stars and you start over again. And to do that is going to be the you know the, the Sixers all over again. Is the process has been the process for ten years now, fifteen. <laughs> it's like golly, please stop. Like <laughs> that, I understand that, the process, but, but Jeremy Grant is the perfect example of why I think most Piston fans would disagree with us on this time frame. Because there's a lot of Piston fans who want to, who do want to trade Jeremy Grant, who think that Jeremy Grant's contract will expire by the time we're going to be relevant again, and they want to trade him right now and get max return for him, you know. And they're probably right. You probably could get quite the haul for him, especially if you know Harden's off the table. If Bradley Bill was off the table, he'd probably be the mo- next most attractive trade piece that was available to a contender. And so I think that's where the disconnect is between maybe how we're feeling about this rebuild and other people is both of us think this is going to happen, could happen fairly quickly, especially if you get that Blake contract off the books where a lot of fans, I just, I don't think they see it happening that quick. That's the only way we're going to do it. I think if we get Blake off the books right now, look out for Weaver. We're going to, we can be a top 16 next year. If we get Blake off the books, and Casey pulls the trigger, bringing a guy like DeRozan. We bring a guy like Stephen Adams, maybe Jared Allen. I doubt it. We can bring him in or like a. Oladipo. You might be able to sign two of them. Like you might be able to sign. You know, I don't know that Graham would fit in depending on where we drafted, but with that with that amount of cap space, you might be able to sign two of them, or you may be able to sign one and then use some of that space to go ahead and extend Jeremy Grant and Josh Jackson, you know, and make sure those guys are here for an extra two years. Absolutely. You know, just kind of be the iron while it's hot. And I hope, I hope it happens. I hope it happens for us. I really hope it happens for Blake Griffin on the basketball side, because we've seen him frustrated. You know, he ripped his jersey off at the Utah Jays, uh, the Utah Jazz halftime game. And it's, you know, I don't want to see that anymore because he still has a little bit in the tank. Like we There's said, you know, he can there. be the Boris Diaw type player where he plays on a very good team. He plays a different role. The only problem right now is that he's getting paid $38 million and the expectations are to carry a team 
Well, you know, he's not capable of doing anymore. He, he still That's has the enough. Only problem. Yes. He still has enough to help a contender. But what he has left doesn't fit us. Like that, that's the problem a- along with the contract. But that's the problem is what he's able to still do doesn't benefit us. Absolutely. But you're talking about turning him to Miami. Pat Riley is a fabulous basketball mind and he's yes. done this over and over again. So I can see Blake going there and Pat Riley going to somewhere. You know what, Blake? Let's not do the player option for 38. Okay. Let, I understand let, yep. it. Let's do four years yep. and we'll give you whatever, you know. Yep. 12, but we'll give you the guarantee. You live in Miami for the next four years. You have a chance to compete. So I can see a really savvy GM or president do this, you know, but it needs to be somebody with some kind of resume, some kind of basketball voice. And that somebody can be Pat Riley. And, and, and on a contender where Blake's and where he's going to win. He's not going to, he's not going to turn down the player option and stay in Detroit, you know, to, you know, or whatever. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, if he goes to Miami, he likes it. He's living in Miami. And again, you know, like you say, Pat Riley, whatever. Or, you know, you ended up on the Lakers with LeBron or something. I'm not saying that's where, he, I'm not saying he will, but you know what I mean? Like you end up in one of those situations. You're exactly right, Vlad. Then the possibility of him saying, no, I declined this player option. I'll take four, Four, four years, 48 million, and which actually gives him a little bit more guaranteed and be on a contender and enjoy the last four years of my career is something that's, that's possible. Absolutely. And Bryce, as basketball players, we know that when you play with better players, you also play better. And I can see the situation being like that with Blake Griffin. Whereas 100%. we see those ISOs at the top of the key that are really hate and he sits for the threes. Yeah. <laughs> those might not be his ISOs. They might be actually spot up shots where he yes. knocks down at a higher percentage. So I can see Blake Griffin playing actually better for a contender, you know, You're creating absolute, more at a low post, uh, you know, doing the stuff that he does for us at a higher level because he would have better players around him. And there, there, there's Very no true. knock on anybody on this, you know. But once you lose that athletic side of Blake Griffin, It's very hard for him to play and play effective and efficient on a bad team. You're right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. And now we've talked about Blake for quite a bit. Now let's go around the NBA, Bryce. The Nets. Man, that's a question mark right there. The Nets. What are they doing? <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out, you know, and every time. They had a good win last night. They, had, they beat the Warriors last night. They, they beat them up pretty good. Yes. So, But to me, that. Something is clear, though. This team without KD is, is not very good at all. Yeah, Even absolutely. with Harden and Kyrie, I yeah. think KD is, is that guy. And, um, you know, they, they look their best. Like I said last night, I liked how they looked with the KD at the five. I mean, it's really hard to stop. And I think Harden and Kyrie are starting to figure it out. I think Harden seems to be the point guard and wants to be the point guard. He's taking a lot less shots. You know, I've seen too many games with Harden now. It's like 13 shots, 10 shots, 11 shots. And I'm like, wait. Where's James that everybody hated with 45 shots a game? <laughs> But he's much better fit at the, at the one than Kyrie is. You know, Kyrie tends to over dribble. And now Harden seems to get back that a little more efficient, you know, not 25 dribbles per offense, you know. But they, they seem to be far away from contender. I know the roster looks like contender. I know they, they say they want to be a contender. But to me, they're not close to, let's say, the Sixers in the East right now. Or the Bucks. What are yeah, your thoughts on that? I, I agree. Yeah, I agree with that. I actually had this debate the other day. Uh, it came up in our, our AU group chat and about who the MVP was and Joel Embiid and, you know, are the Sixers going to win the East? And, you know, and I don't love this Nets roster outside. Of, I mean, obviously you like those three guys as individual players, 
but how are they going to mesh together? You know, they, Kyrie is maybe the best skilled ball handler we've ever seen in the NBA, but yeah, you have James Harden who wants to dribble all the time. And then you have the best player and we haven't even talked about him yet is Kevin Durant. I mean, I know you mentioned it, but I'm saying, you know, so, and then they have no big guys, Vlad. They have none. Like, they, I mean, I know DeAndre Jordan, but like, they have no. They started Kyrie, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Bruce Brown, and Joe Harris last night. You could not a single one of those guys is a true four or five. Not only did they not start a true center last night, they didn't start a true power forward. And I'm all about small ball, and we talked about this being able to switch and whatever. And you go to that lineup sometimes for four minutes. That's late, who they started late in the game. Yeah. The biggest player they played last night was Jeff Green. You know. I mean, so I guess Vaughn, they, they, they signed him and he played it. But I, I don't know. I, I have no idea, Vlad, if this is going to work or not. I know they don't play any defense, but they can score the crap out of the ball. They're top five in almost all offensive categories. They're still a top half in the league in rebounding, and they've, they traded for Harden. They've played 15 games since the trade. So, like, there's some substantial stats to this. I'll tell you this. If James Harden is who he was last night, I like this team a lot better. So his stat line last night, Vlad, 6 of 11 from the field, 8 rebounds, 16 assists. He still had 5 turnovers, but, I mean, if you're going to be trying to make plays, you're going to turn the ball over. That's I'm okay with those turnovers. 6 of 11 from the turnovers, pretty good ratio. (laughs) That's a great ratio, exactly. And that's what I'm saying. But 11 of field goal attempts, that is an extremely efficient game from James Harden. And if that is who he can truly be and he can let Durant and Irving shoot 20 times a game and he's okay shooting 11, getting 20 points off 11 shots, but getting, he's not going to always get 16 assists, but 10 to 15 with those guys. Now I kind of like that team and I like James Harden. I owe him an apology because I never thought he would agree to do this. (laughs) I, I never did. I, know, I thought right? it was too selfish. Me too. I kind of just killed him right before the trade. I was like, okay. <laughs> yes. Um, I give him a lot of credit. Honestly, I give him a lot of credit. And, um, you know, just taking less shots. Because it's hard also because all these guys have egos. It's impossible yes. to, you know, to be a top 20 player in the league, let alone James Harden was like arguably top five. And I've heard a conversation of best, best ISO player of all time. Sure. So to have that and to come to the Nets and be like, okay, I'll put my ego aside and I'll take 11 shots. Even though I've been playing one-on-one for the last seven, eight years against anybody in the league. And I scored 60, 50, 45, you know, with triple doubles. And you put your ego aside and it's like, okay, I'll create for Joe Harris. You know, I'll, I'll create for KD and Kyrie and I'll do my job to come win. That says a lot about him and his character. But that doesn't tell me anything about their defense. Yeah, Honestly, it's, it's I, I don't see it. Like, like any... you said, I'm, who's going to guard Embiid? I mean, who's going to guard Giannis? Lolo, you go Last... to the Pacers. Like, yeah. Okay, so right now they're third in the East at 16 and 12. Okay, the Pacers are fifth. Who's going to guard Sabonis? It, it no, worked last night because they played the Warriors and James Wiseman was out. So that you know they started the Warriors actually started Draymond at the five Draymond, last yeah, night. Exactly. So <laughs> that's why. So I said it was the jumbo. It was Draymond and KD. I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> there goes the big man. Yep. yep. <laughs> but yep. It's, uh, it's to me that's that's the biggest you know the biggest question mark around them is defensively. What can he do? And uh, you know, can they protect the rim? For example, can they protect the paint? Because, you know, those guys, they can defend when they want to, 
but also going to get tired. They play a lot of minutes, you know, 40-plus minutes. They're all going to play in a playoff series. So, you know, we, we've seen that maybe you can hide one of them, but I don't think you can hide three guys. No. You know, and you cannot hide three guys defensively alongside Joe Harris. Or, you know, it's it's impossible. <laughs> Vlad, these, these, guys have a, these guys have a great chance to cement their legacies because KD has a chance to say to show – he has a chance. He can go be the defensive anchor if he really wanted to. Like he played with those Warriors teams that, even though people don't give him credit for, were did play really good defense. What if all of a sudden he decides, "Hey, I'm a sh- block shots. I'm gonna protect the paint at seven foot and long, and I'm gonna get these guys to play defense." And James Harden says, "I'm gonna sacrifice and get assists and be a true point guard and all that." Like all of a sudden, I think it takes those guys' legacies to the next level if they're willing to do that and they're able to go win a championship playing those roles and so i think i think it's a great opportunity for those guys i agree but i just don't see them being able to play that well defensively together sure uh, but i could be wrong i could be wrong no, maybe they just I, you know, I, I agree with you i'm just trying to be positive and you know, throw, you know <laughs> yeah. the, maybe there's a chance I'm just thinking about it i'm just thinking about you know they're not even lebron you know in he's the catalyst for this, you know, of, of uh, you know, the physicality of the game, or of, sure, and yeah, that wore down for him too. But let alone like a guy like KD or a guy like Harden, who's not in top shape, they can't do that right now. I don't think they no. can. KD's coming off Achilles injuries. Yeah, you're uh, right. Harden is coming off apparently an off season that he just did nothing. Kicked it. <laughs> but <laughs> that's how talented he is. You know, give him a lot of credit for that. <laughs> for sure. But for I just sure. don't see them being able to match up with the Sixers, the Bucks. And now with those two top teams, I mean, who's going to guard Giannis? Yeah. You know, who, it, Let alone LeBron tough. and AD if they meet him in the finals. LeBron and AD if they meet him in the – you know, I mean, who's, who's going to guard no, those I, I two? I didn't even look past the Easter Conference, I, honestly, I know, I know, I know but I'm, I mean, I know, I know. I'm just like, you're right. There, there's all these guys in the East, but even if you get past them, then you go against the ultimate matchup. So, But that's a, that's a talk to have, though. Right now, the way the Jazz are playing, the Lakers are going to have their hands full. Yeah, we we need to get into that. Put that in the notes because I want to talk about the Lakers and starting Marcus Absolutely. all at the five and next so episode. Next, we'll get to it but next I just week. Felt yes. like I needed to give Steph Curry some uh, <laughs> again, some, let's some brownie go. points. <laughs> Man, he's been amazing. You know, they're bro. eighth. They're eighth right now in the West, but they're playing pretty good basketball. And they Steph are. is doing Steph is doing some unbelievable things. He's Honestly, going bananas. It's, it's something that. I don't know if I didn't expect because clearly, you know, he's the unanimous. He was the only unanimous MVP in the history of the league. So, uh, to do that, you clearly need to be a, a certain type of guy. But sure. really, the way he's playing right now, and not just the way he's shooting the three, but I feel like he's finishing so much better in the paint too. Yeah, and he's getting creative. I'll tell you that he's getting creative in the paint. Um, you know, Wiggins. It's, it's kind of coming to the zone right now. This Very looks efficient. like a team that, yep. you know, they can do some damage. I, I don't see them. What, what do you think their ceiling is? Yeah, my, my ceiling for them is the six. Um, I think you have the Jazz, Lakers, Clippers. I like Phoenix's roster. Portland, I go back and forth on. But then you have them. You have – and I think the Nuggets are better than the Warriors. You know, they're only – a game up on them right now, but the Nuggets are going to be there. So I, I just think the West is pretty good. I think if they had Clay Thompson, 
I'll be honest with you. If they had Clay Thompson, I would say the sky is the limit for them. I mean, I'm not saying they would they would definitely do it, but I think they could compete with anybody. Without Clay Thompson, you you know James Wiseman is still a rookie. You know now he you know he's yeah. gotten a little bit banged up. Is he going to be able to continue what he's doing? Can Ubre can he he's shown flashes of coming around? Yeah. Um, but I still think their highest is the six. But you're right with Steph Curry. I, I was reading an article before we started the episode talking about how some people feel cheated that KD went there, but not they got they got cheated out of some Curry years. Because those Curry teams were so fun before KD got there. And we missed a couple years of him being this guy because he did, he took the ultimate backseat and sacrifice and gave up some of that to KD. So, and I have, I have um, to raise my hand and say that's, that, that, that was me because I kind of forgot the, the Curry before KD. Sure. And that's sure. why when I brought up the, the, the subject, you know, a few weeks ago and I was like, you know, can Curry do this? And I was like, now seeing this, I'm like, oh, wait, he was doing this before. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I didn't forget what he had done. I was worried that maybe he had – I don't. I mean, he's not old, but he maybe he had lost it, you know, that maybe he was old enough, he's battled injuries in his career, and that maybe it wasn't going to be there anymore just because of that. Um, I, I watch – I'll admit, you know, I, I know Pistons through and through here, but I've watched a lot of, a lot of those Warriors games back before KD – and that was really, really fun basketball to watch, man. Like that, that team was fun I was just to watch. Say, and, who wasn't watching the Warriors? I yeah, mean. <laughs> uh, they, 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 they were like, and everybody loved them until they started to get too much love, and then everybody hated them. But for there was about eighteen, a year and a half there where they were must see. Whenever the Warriors were going to play on TV, you turn the game on because you just knew eventually it was going to happen. The onslaught was going to happen, and they were going to rain down back to back to back threes or. Just something crazy, and 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 it is it is awesome to see Curry showing it again. He's going to get this team in the playoffs, and nobody's going to want to play him first round, you know. So, and I'll give him a lot of credit for his leadership and sure. a lot of confidence that came into this team after it was Curry. And now you you just see him shoot the ball, and guys just run back on defense. It's like <laughs> unbelievable. It's I'm dope. like, you know, he kind of perfected that shot and go. That that Nick Young yep, became yep, famous yep, for yep. when he missed it. When he missed it. <laughs> <laughs> but you're looking at Curry, right? So he shoot, he's, has he shoots twenty times a game. He makes ten. So he's shooting forty nine point three field goal percentage. He's shooting forty two point nine from three on eleven point five attempts. <laughs> and I had discussion with somebody. Why don't they foul him more often? And I was like, if you're gonna foul him on four threes a game, he makes ninety three percent of it. I yeah. mean, you can't really foul him. And he's shooting yep. 57% inside the arc. So do you really want to make him drive? You know, because And he's a good passer. You know. Like he's he's an underrated pass. Like he's really good. He's really good. No, absolutely. He averages almost six assists per game. And he rebounds, you know, five five defensive rebounds, which I which I think, you know, kind of lead to like a little fast break. Yep. Uh those yep. long threes, you know, he takes those off off his own rebounds a lot. And um this Warrior team, you know, like you said, if, if it was Clay, I would say they, they can upset a lot of people. But without him, sure. I think, you know, in the playoffs, people are going to, like, lock down on Curry. Absolutely. Uh, they're going to yep. make his life tough. And I don't think he's going to be able to shoot, you know, 42% from three and 49 from the field. But Absolutely. clearly a team to watch. And clearly James Weissman is going to get better this year. You know, right yeah, now he's, he he's playing he's been pretty extremely well. extremely impressive. 
Absolutely. But he's not the rookie of the year, Bryce. So who you got <laughs> as the rookie of the year? Because right now, I think Lamella Ball to me is, uh, you know, he's 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 winning this. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll be the first to admit, and I don't know, I'm sure we have a running total. Maybe one of our listeners, if you guys are keeping track of all the things I've been wrong about, um, tweet, <laughs> tweet, tweet me, direct me. Don't, don't tweet it out, direct message. So that way we can't blow it all up all over Twitter about how many things I've been wrong. But let us know how many times I've been wrong about this stuff. LaMelo Ball is the rookie of the year right now. Like, I, I don't think it's even, I don't want to say it's not close, but it, it, you have to come up with a pretty good debate. To, to pick anybody else. And I don't think it's there. He's shooting 44 from the field, 35 from three, 80 from the free throw line, first in rookies and points, first in a set assists. And he's only second, he's second in rebounds only behind James Wiseman. So I think right now he's a clear cut guy. I think there are some other guys that deserve recognition. Anthony Edwards is having a great season. Wiseman we've talked about. How about quickly at, in New York? Manuel quickly surprising everybody. And then, of course, Tyrese Halliburton. Um, that's a name that I see a lot with Pistons fans because they a lot of people wish we would have drafted him over um, Killian Hayes, which um, I think just give it some time there. And Cole Anthony has also had a good start to his rookie year. But a lot of okay, really good rookies. You mentioned about six guys. I would say Sadiq Bay right now. He's a top yeah, 10 yes. in no, and that's what rookie in the league. Six, yeah, so if you want to go into the Pistons, guys, Bay is number 10 in scoring for rookies. Stewart is number three in rebounding. And believe it or not, Pistons fans, Killian Hayes is number four in assists. I realize it wasn't very many games. Um, but so our rookies are holding their own as well, which is really exciting to see. Yeah, absolutely. But what LaMelo Ball is doing, and unexpectedly, you know, he's doing off the bench too. Let's, let's not forget that. He's coming off yeah. the bench for the Hornets as of now. And I believe he started – no, he started his last game, right? Yeah, I, I, they, they, I think they all, just recently, just recently inserted yeah. him into the starting lineup. Yeah, yeah, I think last week or last two weeks, but yeah. um, just the way he's playing, you know, he's not just his averages, just the, the the how easy he plays. You know, it just for him everything looks easy. It's like effortless, and uh, you know, no knock on Anthony Edwards, uh, great player, you know. Went to college four years, and he has a lot of upside. James Wiseman, to me, I think he still has the most upside in his draft just because Agreed. of what I said in the previous shows when we talked about the Warriors and Wiseman. He can extend the career of, of Curry and Thompson. You know, he can do a lot of things at the five, um, you know, that are really unseen in this league, you know, especially for a lefty coming in. He can shoot, rebound, pass the ball, block shots, drive. He's, he's going to be a like, a, like a, a Swiss modern day big. Yes. Exactly. Perfect He's going to be a Swiss knife type five man. That's, you know, it's going to be very hard to guard. But right now, if 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 I would have draft number one pick again, I would take Lamelo Ball. Yep. And I would have to live with his turnovers. He does look young at times. And I know, you know, it's like his coach said it, you know, his, his coach said it at some point. He was like, you know, just, but I got to live with him. You know, I, I can't let him make 20 mistakes in a row. But he he will pull him out, and he does have a tendency, like every other game, to have like five or six turnovers, and that that can be frustrating, you know. But he's nineteen years old, you know. He's he's nineteen, Bryce. I mean, with a lot of pressure, probably more pressure than other rookies because of his name, and and we don't have to get into Lavar and all that stuff and what our opinions are, you know, whatever. I mean, at the end of the day, the guys put three, three, all three of his sons have danced in the NBA. So, um, but 
more pressure than anybody because of all that, because of how he made his way to the league and, you know, he has an older brother in the league and all that stuff. And, you know, it does, none of that stuff seems to phase him, you know? And like I said, I had my doubts. I'll be, I'll be a thousand percent honest. I had my doubts and he, anybody who's doubted him, he has absolutely proven them wrong so far. His last eight games, he's been incredible. He's averaging 22 points a game and, shooting at 49 and 44 from the field and from the three. So he scored 34 on Utah as a rookie. Like he just, he's really, really good, man. Yeah. Gosh, dang. Just think about it. He's like, what, 180, 185 right now at 6'6". Yeah. Yep. So he's only going to yeah. get stronger. He's, he's finishing slight, at the rim. Yes. He's he's athletic. So he's going to get finishing at the rim. He's going to get sure. better at finishing at the rim right now. You know, and he's, he's three points. I mean, he's shooting uh, – that's right that's now, the most he's impressive. Shooting what thirty five percent from three right 35% now. Thirty five percent from three well, on quite a few attempts up. too, Vlad. Like that's the thing; it's quite a few attempts. It's not like he's just jacking like two a game or something. He's no. he's shooting. I I think it's like six a game or something like that. Five yeah. a game, five a game. Five so a game. yeah, I mean we're getting a true look at this. How many ever games into the year? You know, 27 games into the year. It's not some fluky five-game stretch or something. Over 27 games, shooting five a game, that's 135 threes he's already taken in his career, and he's shooting it at 35%. Like, that's a pretty – we're getting to a pretty true indication. So – Well, Bryce, just to give you the last five games, right? So, against Utah, you mentioned 34 points. 34 points, you know, four rebounds, eight assists, two steals – you know, zero turnovers. That's a great game for him. And, uh, you know, then he goes Washington, 19 points, seven rebounds, five assists, one one turnover. You know, and this is the last five games. You know, Houston, 24 points, seven rebounds, 10 assists. Then Memphis, you know, he has 17, 2 and 5. And on February 12th, he had 20 points against Minnesota, 11 rebounds, four assists, and of course, four turnovers. That was like the highest he's had. To me, those are not rookie numbers, Rice. Right? <laughs> That's like, we kind of get excited when Jeremy Graham puts the kind of numbers. Yeah, you're right. You know, it's like, oh, he had 30 again. And it's like, this kid is, is only 19. And, you know, the sky's the limit, honestly, for him. And you talked about the pressure. There's a lot of external pressure on him because his dad and all that stuff. And because in some ways, a lot of people consider Lonzo Ball bust. I don't. Yep. I, I, I love Lonzo Ball game. I think he's he's a very good NBA player. I mean, it's not his fault Magic drafted him with number two pick. Really, yeah. I think he was still a t- top ten pick in that draft. I don't think he would have been outside of the top ten. So he's still a very good player. He changed his shot. He's shooting the ball well this year. But for Lamelo to come in and do this, this is impressive, Rice, because yes. he's been a globe trotter since he was like sixteen years old. He yep. went play pro, somewhat pro in Lithuania. You know, then he was in Australia last year playing pretty well. Season ended kind of early for him. So I'm, I'm kind of sold on this kid. And I'm, I want to see what the Hornets do for him this offseason, you know, to kind of clear the path for a lot of minutes. Because I think he, he you know, he they need to hand him the keys. I think it's, 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 it's the most excitement that the Hornets had in a very long time. Well, and they're, they're, they're right around 500 right now. And not to get into their just their team specifically a ton, but everybody crushed him for the Gordon Hayward signing. Well, he's playing really well. Um, Terry Rozier is a really good player, averaging 20. 
you know, I think you mentioned Devontae Graham's a free agent. Probably going to let him go now with the emergency. Well, he's, he's restricted, so I think he's going to oh, okay. depend. But, okay, okay, yeah. okay. Um, you got P.J. Washington, Miles Bridges, like Malik Monk. Like they, they got a nice little core there. It'll be interesting because, you know, they've taken some heat in Charlotte for not drafting well, not making the, the, the best decisions. So you're right. It'll be interesting to see how they can build this thing around them. Absolutely. And now let's get back to Pistons uh, towards the end of the show. Bryce, quite quite a few games this week. Um, You know, what are your expectations? We've got the Pelicans, the Spurs, the Mavericks, the Grizzlies, the Magic. It it looks so much better, honestly, looking at this schedule than like last week when I was like, oh my God, we'll get the Lakers, the Nets, the Pistons, the Celtics. Which probably means (laughs) we'll go over, right? Like we looked at the schedule last week and we're like, oh shoot, there's no way we're going to win a game. And then we're looking at these names and we're like, oh, we're, this is going to be really good. And, and, you know, and with how wrong we always are, especially me, we're probably not going to win any of them. So. Um, not this team. This well, this you, team will find a I'll way. You, we to, we to play. Win you know, um, we're recording right now. We're going to play the Pelicans um, very soon. Um, so we're not going to have uh, this including the show. But honestly, I'm I'm excited about you know the yes. Isaiah Stewart with Zion Williamson. Yeah, I really want to see that. that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I want to see that I'm, beef right there. I want to. I know going to happen. Ex- I'm excited because I don't always get to watch all the games live anymore because we're we're right in the heart of our high school season. I know you're playing professionally, Alex is playing. So, so for our listeners, we don't always get to watch the games live because of you know what we have going on with our own basketball stuff. But I get to watch this one live. This is on a Sunday night, like you said. We're recording this a few hours before this Pelican game starts. And uh, like I said, as much as I'm labeled a Duke, Duke hater on the show, I do like Zion Williamson. So I'm 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 fascinated to see this Zion Isaiah Stewart battle um, because again, Isaiah Stewart ain't gonna back down, right? So and we get to see we we just talked about Lonzo Ball. He you know we get a chance. A lot of Piston fans like him um, would like to see him become a Piston if he's traded. Get a chance to watch him and then the return of Stan Van Gundy, right? So um, a lot of storylines with this game. Yeah, absolutely. And then this week, then we have the Spurs after this one. And the Spurs are playing pretty well. You know, they're six yes. in the West. Uh, I'm more looking at matchups right now that I really want to see. You know, I want to see, for example, the Mavericks games. Is Jeremy Grant going to take uh, that challenge and guard Luka Doncic? Luka. I think he will. Yeah, yeah you know, that would be very or, interesting. Or do you put him on Porzingis? Do you put him on Porzingis and you, you, know, you kind of have Jeremy attack Porzingis uh, on, on, on the offensive end, right? And, you know, who's going to guard John Morant or who's going to guard Aaron Gordon? To me, these, these are types of, of matchups we got to look forward to and yes. see how guys respond, right? Do we match up Aaron Gordon with uh, Sadiq Bey, for example? Let's see how Sadiq's doing. Because he's had tough matchups. He's had Tatum Brown. So why not match you know match him up with Aaron Gordon too? Let's see Stewart against Nikola Vucevic. Yes, I, I want to see that kind of stuff because it gives yes. him a lot of experience right there. Yes, absolutely. That's that's what I say. Stuart Vucevic is flying under the radar this year. I feel like in the NBA and having an incredible season, and uh, so that that would be a great matchup there because he's going to step out. He can knock down three, so that would be a great matchup for Stewart to see kind of how he can handle that. Absolutely, and I'm hoping personally that we get Warren to wins uh, just to kind yes. of keep this momentum going. But I don't know if we want to win too much now. <laughs> <laughs> no, so no not because the, wiz- you- the cause the Wizards aren't, so we we, we gotta <laughs> we gotta be careful. And that's unbelievable to me. I really thought that's going to be a top six team in the you know in, in the East, Bryce. I really screwed that one up. <laughs> 
talking about bad predictions. So yeah. that's why we're not going to hear us, you know, hey, how many games are going to win next week? We're, we're done talking about that because we're yeah, so we're bad done. at it. We're just, like you said, <laughs> we'll talk about the matchups. Uh, and that, like said, you, yeah. that Mavs game. <laughs> Absolutely. That, as, you, as you talked through those, I think that Mavs game, um, because I am, I am a huge fan of Luka, um, but that Mavs game will be interesting with the matchups. Does Grant guard Perzingis early in the game and then switch out onto Luka in the fourth quarter if it's close? You know, how that those things are fascinating. Those little things within the game that you can watch as a fan and just find, you know, see, you can kind of, you can start to see who Dwayne Casey trusts to guard certain guys. Um, and so it'll be really interesting. There's a lot of really good matchups this week for Pistons fans to keep their eyes on. Absolutely, and you just got to look at the details of the game because in a rebuild, you have to look really like, yes. uh, you know, like under yes. a microscope. That's a great point. And yep. see really what we're winning. What battles are we winning? Not yes. overall game because, you know, the Mavericks, it's, it's going to be hard to, to be the Mavs. I think sure. they're kind of on a roll right now. The Spurs are kind of on a roll. So you got to look at the matchups. You got to look at what we're doing well. You know, are we, like I said, this team so far, what Weaver and Casey uh, promoted in the offseason, it's kind of exactly. to be true. And that's why I yes. think we're so excited about this. And that's what we kind of keep looking for. You know, like, are they playing hard on defense? You know, are they aggressive on defense? Do they get up and run? Do they shoot the ball well? This is the stuff that they, they put a price on. So if we're doing those things, we're on the right path. I mean, that's the only yep. way you can judge because if we're going to look at the wins – you're just going to look at, you know, 10 wins, 12 wins and be like, okay, we got a top three pick. That's what we want. Yeah. And, you know, we got to look at much bigger picture. And I think that's what you were saying about the fans thinking that we're five years, you know, five years in the rebuild and, you know, we're going to have so much time. And I don't think we do because those little things are done every game. You know, when a guy like Brown says, oh, man, they were so aggressive. They hit us hard. <laughs> Stuff like that matters. Matters. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Bryce. Well, thank you for joining me today, and uh, thank you, everyone, for for joining us. Um, Bryce and I are always available on social media. You know, Alex couldn't, couldn't join us, but we're going to wish him luck with the Romanian national team. Uh, he has uh, the European Championship qualification games in Poland Let's this go, week, Alex. so he couldn't join us. Alex, uh, we wish you luck. Yes, and, absolutely. Uh, we're looking forward to having you back next week. Yes. <laughs> okay, not too much, not, not too much time off. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know, we can find Bryce. He's super active on Twitter. Um, yeah, he, 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 he takes over our Twitter account. Uh, make sure you DM us. Make sure um, you add us, uh, even individually, not necessarily the show. Just if you have any questions, you know, basketball oriented, NBA oriented, whatever it is, college basketball. Bryce is a huge Kansas fan, so make sure you. Uh, <laughs> You just reach out to us. We're always available. We love the fan interaction. Um, you know, we have a lot of fun doing this podcast. So uh, reach out to us. Motor City Hoops. It's about everywhere, right? Twitter, Facebook, Motor City Hoops Show on Instagram, and also Motor City Hoops Pod at gmail.com if you want to reach out to us. Again, thank you for listening, and uh, we yep. look forward to talking to you next week. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, 
Visit mypodcastmanager.com to get started. Thank you for listening to the Motor City Hoops podcast. Catch you on the next one.